Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back and the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Oh, hi. Welcome to Smologies. What are Smologies? Okay, so these are shorter, kid-friendly versions of classic episodes. So we took them and we took all the swears out. Nothing too racy. You can listen around kids. You can listen around your grandparents, perhaps work colleagues, whatever. If you want the full-length version of this episode, though, of course, it's going to be linked in the show notes. We also have more Smologies up at alleyward.com slash Smologies. Okay, enjoy. Hey, it's your stepbrother's girlfriend, the one with the pet rat. What's up? It's Allie Ward. Welcome back. Another episode of Ologies. Are you ready? Okay. Mars. So that, that orange orb in the night sky... It's fodder for science fiction, and it's a place where billionaires ask themselves, can we go there when we ruin the planet we're on? So maybe you love Mars. Maybe maybe you don't know why people love Mars. Maybe you're like me. And until a few years ago, I was like, wait, is Mars a really hot, like fiery one because it's red and stuff? I had no idea. Okay, areology. Let's get into it. So first off, Mars has a lot of iron in the soil, which makes it red, which makes it look like the solar system's big bloody eyeball. So hence, we named it after the god of war, Mars. So it's Ares in Greek mythology. And if you want to know more about uh, Romans ripping off Greeks, listen to the mythology episode. So the word areology means study of Mars. So this ologist was introduced to me via email by my NASA friend, Casey. Hi, Casey. Hi, Christine. Casey's email between us simply said, do you need introductions? No, you do not. Then I received a message back from her saying that she listens to the podcast. So this interview was on. It was happening. So I got off a plane from a work trip. I headed straight from the airport to a little conference room with squeaky chairs at Caltech in Pasadena to talk about like what Mars's deal is. Why is it cold? Why was it named after the deity of battle? What's up with its two moons? One named after the fear and the other the dread that accompany war. Some super recent discoveries about life, insane dust storms, the rovers they're building. So please prepare for a journey into space and your rocky subconscious with areologist Jennifer Booz. So you study Mars. Yes. You're an areologist? Yes. Is that correct? Yeah, well, I think I'm a planetary geologist who studies Mars, but I study Mars, so I'm an areologist. 
as a planetary geologist, can you run me through like what's Mars? <laughs> what's its deal? Why is it so dry? How cold is it? How yeah. big is it? Just tell me what we're working with here. Give me some specs. Like if you were if you were a dog and you're like, I don't know what Mars is. Like <laughs> how would you start? Okay. So Mars um you know, it's the next planet from our sun. So mm-hmm. it's going to be like colder. It's also a lot smaller. At its closest, Mars is around 34 million miles. That's 55 million kilometers. So scale-wise, Mars is about half the size of Earth and has roughly one-third the gravity. One-third! So I looked up a few simulators of Mars gravity, and in one, there's this human in an orange onesie supported by slings taking these graceful leaps around an indoor track, kind of like a giant marionette. In another video, I saw what appeared to be a gaggle of French cosmonautical tourists taking a ride in a vomit comet, which is a seatless commercial jet that makes these roller coaster dips in flights and simulates lower gravity. I don't know. From what I can tell, less gravity looks fun. With these middle-aged Parisians resorting to whoops, they're hooting like tiny happy donkeys or kids in a ball pit. So, Mars gravity, take your weight, divide it by three. That is your bounding happy space pony weight. It's like atmosphere is super thin right now, but in the past, it had a thick atmosphere and there was water on it for sure. Like, we have evidence for, like, streams and lakes and all sorts of, like, (gasps) things like that. And it was a lot warmer because it had an atmosphere and it used to have a magnetic field like we had on Earth, but it's dead doesn't have one anymore how do magnetic fields die um mars because it's smaller it can like cool down a lot quicker on earth it's like hot down in our core and we have got iron spinning around and it's also like a big planet but mars doesn't have like all those things and so its core is like just not putting out that kind of motion anymore oh. so we're not getting a magnetic field anymore i had no idea that was even a thing i didn't yeah. know that was an option yeah does mars have moons It has two moons, Phobos and Deimos. Okay. There's like some debate about how the moons form, but I think uh, most people think they're like captured asteroids. So they're really small moons and not like ours. And uh, I think from the surface, they look more like planets. So if you're on Mars, do you see two moons in the sky at the same time? I think you can, but they're so small. I think that they look more like planets. Okay, they yeah. just are like little dimmy dots. Yeah, I don't think they don't look like our moon for sure. Okay, yeah. I thought maybe it. You know, have you ever cracked an egg and you got a double yolk and yeah. you're like, it's my lucky day. <laughs> As for Mars's double moons, some hot goss. Jennifer emailed me that Phobos which she described as a 26-kilometer-wide lumpy cocoa puff, may not have been a captured asteroid, but possibly it was formed out of a cloud of dust that was left over from a giant impact, kind of like our own beloved moon, and that possibly, possibly, Phobos has formed many times over Mars history, and it just periodically crashes into the surface, forms a dust cloud around Mars again, and then recreates itself into a moon, and then crashes again, forms itself anew again, but smaller, over and over and over. So what do they think happened to make Mars such a dust bowl? So it it got dry, basically. It used to have water, but um, because it's so much smaller, its atmosphere, like, got lost basically doesn't have as much gravity like pulling it in Mm. um and it also like 
doesn't have a magnetic field anymore and like we say our magnetic field protects us mm-hmm. and so like the atmosphere just got like stripped away over time by like the solar wind and other atmospheric loss processes and mm-hmm. so um it just lost its atmosphere got drier and drier and then now it has a thin atmosphere and everything's just dusty does the water evaporate into the solar system yeah it just gets like lost and yeah basically i wonder where it goes yeah i don't know just like out Out (laughs) you mentioned just oceans just kind of like (laughs) misting around (laughs) maybe i think it's like probably really scattered apart okay probably just a gas so we have a super dusty planet yeah why is it red uh it has a lot of iron it's like rusty Ooh. yeah and same as like utah yeah Similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. in a lot of ways. So what parts of this chilly desert are we really poking around? Now, the Curiosity rover landed in a crater, Gale Crater, named for Walter Frederick Gale, who was an Australian banker by name, but he was a real space dweeb by night. So Gale Crater is this huge dent in Mars, and it's filled with a mountain of perhaps wind-whipped debris that's taller than Mount Rainier. It looks like if you piled a bunch of brown sugar into a shallow bowl, or like a little tiny tuft of lint in a belly button. Now, why do we care about this crater? Because maybe it was a lake? Why did we put Curiosity in the crater? (laughs) That's where the lake was. Okay. so that's where the cool stuff was. Got it. So if there were going to be like signs that people had a party there, we would find it in the bottom of what used to be a lake, or we'd be like, there were maybe some old fish in here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like a basin. So stuff's going to collect there. And we had seen from orbit that there were like layers that looked like they could have been from a lake or something wet or people actually really debated what the layers were. And so it was just people were curious from many different perspectives. And so that's why we went there. But picking like the landing site is like a multi-year thing with like hundreds of people involved and stuff so what's the 2020 gonna peep what's it looking at where's it gonna land so we don't know yet where it's gonna land it's like down to three sites okay now according to a page up at marsnext.jpl.nasa.gov i'll put a link in the show notes all possible sites where life could have existed and or there's a lot of evidence for rocks and fluids having interacted. And so one of the big ideas behind like past Mars life is that that there was like microbes maybe living in like cracks in rocks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there's also in that area, there's also like volcanism and a wide variety of rocks there and a wide variety of ages, which is crucial because Mars was like probably habitable in its like early history. How long ago do you think Mars was probably habitable. Right. Are we talking like <laughs> 5 billion years ago or like 30,000 billion years oh, ago? Oh, no, a long time ago. Okay. Like billions of years. Okay, like just 3 checking. billion years or something. Like, I mean, it, it, maybe there's like still some fluid activity mm-hmm. um, more recently, but it's like such small amounts that these would be like really lonely bugs. <laughs> yeah. There's a big group of people that want to send a rover back to the same spot where spirit is, which is kind of a cute thought in some ways. It but is a lot, cute. A lot of people are like, no, we want to go somewhere new. Right. But that that spot, there's like hydrothermal activity. So, which is like on Earth where a lot of people think life might have started oh. here. So that's why there's a big argument to go back there too. Like primordial Martian soup? Yeah. Kind of? Mm-hmm. How much water is on Mars and when did we find it? Um, I say we as though I had anything to do with it. <laughs> Currently on Mars, there's not a lot of water. There's like some water, 
like liquid water just like in pores of rocks and like buried basically not really exposed on the surface but there's like water ice in the caps and when did we find it um i think probably the best like when we started getting these early images that showed like channels there was no solid evidence that it was formed by water but people were like it looks like it was formed by water and then you know get more and more info on it yeah so what happened with the recent announcement like everyone watch out we have an announcement to make about mars and Uh everyone's like i'm setting my alarm clock i'm staying up late yeah what happened with that announcement so there were what people call like the building blocks of life that were found with the curiosity rover um these like molecules that are actually really hard to preserve they were found um by the rover pretty like fresh looking and so they're I don't know, just like the building blocks of life that were found and we didn't think that we would find them because they can get destroyed really easily. So that mm-hmm. means that they were like res- resurfaced like pretty recently, which is really exciting. And we, that they were there at all was exciting that mm-hmm. they could have formed. And so this was a heads up. We have the ingredients to make life. We didn't find it yet, but yeah. we found the ingredients. Yeah. And that's a big deal. Yeah. I have one million questions for you. Okay. Is it okay if I ask you one million? Yeah. Okay. But before we take questions from you, our beloved listeners, we're going to take a quick break for sponsors of the show. Sponsors? Why sponsors? You know what they do? They help us give money to different charities every week. So if you want to know where Ologies gives our money, you can go to AliWard.com and look for the tab Ologies Gives Back. There's like 150 different charities that we've given to already with more every single week. So if you need a place to go donate a little bit of money, but you're not sure where to go, those are all picked by ologists who work in those fields and And this ad break allows us to give a ton of money to them. So thanks for listening and thanks sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So is my brain. Here's a thought experiment. Think of all the time that you spend just scrolling on things or not doing the things you want to do. I know time is the most valuable thing that you have. Boy, let me tell you, I had to learn this over time. You know what helped? Therapy. Therapy can help you figure out what matters most to you and how to prioritize it so that you like your life more. And where I learned that was better help. Because yes, I have been a client. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, I know how hard it is to get started. BetterHelp makes it very easy. It's entirely online. It's convenient. It's flexible. You take a quick questionnaire. They match you with a therapist. Instead of just Googling and trying to find someone with an opening, BetterHelp makes it very accessible. And I like that. It's also more affordable than traditional therapy. And you can chat. You can text. You can do video calls. You can do phone calls. For some reason, you are not vibing with your therapist. You can switch at any time. No extra cost. No drama. So let me tell you. Time is precious. Figure out where you want to spend yours. And you can learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ologies today to get 10% off your first month. So that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ologies. It's about time. KiwiCo. You know I love KiwiCo because making stuff and learning while you do it, the best way. And KiwiCo is great. They deliver seriously fun learning for kids of all ages. They have these hands-on projects and activities and each month kids receive crates that are engaging and that introduce them to things like science and technology or concepts and art. And I love that all the things you need are in there so you're not going to be running out to the store to get pipe cleaners. You're not going to run out of glue or something. And KiwiCo tests these crates with professionals and with kids to make them the best they can be. 
there's so many different projects depending on what your kiddo's interested in, what age or grade level they're at. You can discover the science of magic. You can engineer a domino machine. These make great gifts. I have given these to so many kids. And I also like that there's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel crates anytime. So redefine learning with play. You can explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month on any crate line at kiwico.com with the promo code ologies. So that's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com, promo code ologies. They're going to love it. Okay, your questions. Um, Greg, Ariel Belk, Craig Curry, and Jorge Barnett all asked the same basic question. Okay. So this is a super question. Okay. In light of the giant dust storm that seems to have knocked out the curiosity, what is the most useful to humanity right now information that it has collected since its arrival to the red planet? So what's the best stuff that the rovers have gotten? Um, Okay, so like... I was thinking about this a lot, and I think that seeing that Mars was habitable in the past was probably the most interesting and maybe useful to humanity kind of thing, because we see how Mars has changed um, with time and like how Earth might change with time, too, and also like what the different extremes like that we can have on different planets are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like super interesting. Um, Mariner Cosplay, Al Martinez, Ira Kasha. Stefan, Titus, and Justin M. Gifford all wanted to know, what are the biggest hurdles for terraforming, and is there an initiative within NASA or another agency to do so? Also, follow-up question from Allie Ward, what is terraforming? I think terraforming, I don't know the definition, but I feel like it's when you make the surface, like, have grass on it. (laughs) Really? No, no, definitely not. (laughs) That's just what I imagine is like what terraforming is. Landscaping. It's Martian landscaping. Yeah. Uh, You'll have to look that up. (laughs) So quick definition here. Terraforming is mostly at present a sci-fi term, and it means to transform a planet to be more like Earth, presumably so that we can go live there. So I imagine in the future, HGTV will have a whole flip or flop-esque series dedicated to making over dry, barren planets into like lush boho habitats of our dreams. All we have to do is just painstakingly alter what already naturally exists. Can you repeat the question? (laughs) Yeah. Essentially, what are the biggest hurdles for terraforming? Oh, okay. So yeah, that we don't have a lot of water or oxygen in the atmosphere or that the atmosphere is so thin in general. So uh, it's either going to have to be like you make the atmosphere thicker somehow by like melting the caps or like taking an atmosphere but then you need a shield for the atmosphere so like i think if they existed in bubbles like if we had like a big dome maybe you could kind of start doing that that way Mm -hmm. um where you can like contain your atmosphere and your water and stuff like that yeah so those are the big hurdles and radiation is another hurdle because there's not a lot of atmosphere to shield you from it exactly even though the sun is farther away you're still like sizzling. So even if you landscape Mars, you're still going to get a pretty high dose of radiation because of a really thin atmosphere. And also the place is pretty dry. It's pretty sandy. Now there is water trapped in minerals, but getting it out would be in technical terms, a ton of work. Christopher Barley had a great question that I didn't even, I hadn't considered. He says, uh, I seem to remember that the northern half of Mars is completely smooth while the southern half is full of craters. Yeah. What's up? Do we understand what caused this and why the inconsistency? 
Yeah. So like, uh, I think that maybe the major idea for this is that there was a big impact that mm-hmm. that came in like at an oblique angle and just like shaved off the top of Mars. And then it was like low. And there's also a lot of debate about the they're called the northern lowlands, the southern highlands. And so like, yeah, the southern highlands are like way older. And there's like what we think were like catastrophic floods going up there. So there's some idea that there was an ocean up there too, which may explain that. And then like volcanism related to that, like impact. So all things that like could have smoothed it out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Catherine Woodrow and Michelle Sullivan both asked about microbial life on Mars. Yeah. Which type of bacteria do you think would be the most likely to be found? Michelle Sullivan was like cyanobacteria. Yeah. So like extremophiles, I think for sure. I couldn't like tell you a specific bacteria, but like extremophiles are um, things that live in extreme places. And so I think that's what we could find there. And I think there are some cyanobacteria that fit that category. And then like the these micro fossils that they thought were in this meteorite, those were mm-hmm. magnetotactic bacteria. So if it were true that mm-hmm. that were that they were fossils, then maybe we could find that there. Ooh. And since Mars did have a magnetic field, it's not totally out of the question that they could have used it. Interesting. Yeah. And there's a lot of iron there, so it's another possibility. Jude Kenny wants to know what color is the sky on Mars? Are there long sunsets or does it switch to dark quickly? And yeah. can you see Earth from Mars? Okay, so the color um, of Mars, the color of the sky on Mars is like a, a butterscotch color. Ooh! Yeah, which we know like from taking pictures and stuff of Mars. So there, there's a lot of like dust in the atmosphere. Um, so it's dimmer. It's like way further from the sun than Earth is. So it's dimmer, but there it's still sunlight, but it's just darker. And so you think, and the days are about the same length. So I guess in a way... It, it gets darker quicker, but only because there's less light to begin with, maybe. Ooh. Yeah. But then the dust interacts with the atmosphere and the sunlight differently than it does on Earth because it's just like super iron rich dust. And so I think that's why it's like a more butterscotch color than here. We have like this blue color. Um, what is one thing about Mars that people don't know that would really flabbergast them? Um, just how wet it used to be. People often ask me like, is it true that we found water on Mars? And I'm like, yeah, we found that like a million times already. Like, <laughs> but they, that's the thing that they're often blown away by, mm-hmm. right? But the, I think it's just still, for some reason, not common knowledge yet that Mars used to be this like awesome place that was like not as cold and dry as it is now. It was like wet and just lush pools and spas. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. slimy, maybe. <laughs> Well, I was just thinking, like, you said lush, and I thought of, like, plants, but, like, in actuality, if there was any life there, it'd probably be, like, microbes, so it's, like, slimy. Yeah. yeah. That's okay, too. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing about Mars or your job surrounding Mars? I love that I can be paid to think about another planet and what it used to be like and what we could have been like and just these, like, crazy questions that are, you know, really removed from the day-to-day, but that, like, that's my job. Mm-hmm. Like, because I could have a really practical job, but I instead get to do this really out-of-this-world out thing. Literally out yeah, of this world. Yeah, and it's, like, really cool to be part of these teams. And any advice to anyone who's like, I want to work on Mars? Yeah, there's so many ways to get involved with Mars stuff. And like one great thing about NASA is that all of our data that we get is publicly available. You can, anybody with the internet can go on the internet and look at like dope pictures of Mars for free, download data the rover gets. Like anybody can have the same data that the 
the scientists who work at NASA have. So you can literally just become, you can just do that on your own and you can go to like seminars and stuff and meet people and read books. Like there's tons of podcasts and stuff like that. There's like a million ways to get involved with NASA stuff. And there's lots of NASA outreach that is like pretty accessible, I think, to most people. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. I, I was so excited. Thanks for caring about Mars. Dude, I do care about <laughs> Mars. I love Mars even more now. Great. Yay! <laughs> it worked. So there you have it. I am so much more about Mars than I was before meeting the amazing Dr. Jennifer Booz and her website. What a destination on this World Wide Web. It features self-portraits of her as a turtle with octopus hair. It's gorgeously perfect. It's J-N-N-F-R dot B-Z. So it's her name, no vowels. Now you can find ologies at ologies on Instagram or Twitter. I'm on both at Allie Ward with one L. And if you want more smologies, you can find them at AllieWard.com slash smologies. There are tons of episodes. They're all kid safe, classroom safe with experts. We are at ologies on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Allie Ward with one L on both. Thank you, Zeke Rodriguez Thomas, Jarrett Sleeper of Mind Jam Media and Mercedes Maitland of Maitland Audio for working on these. We like to keep these small and short so you'll find a whole list of credits in the show notes thank you for listening and pass them on okay bye bye